Well, hello, my friends. The grace and peace of our Lord and Savior be with you. I want to welcome you to the Sermons from the Cornfield podcast, a weekly podcast where the sermons that I preach each and every Sunday are uploaded for you to listen to and review. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill, and I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. God bless. Our sermon text this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 4. Verses 20 through 27. Again, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. My child, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your heart, from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet, and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, I think it's fair to say that of all the names that someone can be called, the absolute worst, particularly at this time of year, is to be called a Grinch. Now, certainly Scrooge ranks up there as well, but for my money, the name Grinch carries with it a little bit of extra weight. Of course, being called a Grinch carries a lot of weight because of the character behind the name. Our Christmas story in the Bible has a lot of heroes. We have Mary and Joseph, shepherds, the wise men, Elizabeth and Zechariah, but no real villain. Satan doesn't make an appearance in the story. The Pharisees aren't even aware of Jesus yet. And yes, King Herod plays a small role, but not until long after Jesus is born. You can't have a good story without a super hateable villain. So Dr. Seuss gave us the Grinch, who since 1957 has come to symbolize all those party poopers and Debbie Downers who tried to steal the joy of Christmas. And during this season of Advent, over these next three weeks, we're going to be taking a closer look at Dr. Seuss's iconic story to see what word it might speak to us today. For the next three weeks, we're going to have a series based upon how the Grinch stole Christmas. Now, our story starts off like this. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. But I think we should ask why. I think we should explore the possible explanations behind why anyone would hate Christmas. This is supposed to be a time of joy, of celebration, of singing and eating and opening presents. How can anyone hate that? What's the deal, Grinch? Now, Dr. Seuss doesn't tell us a lot about him. We know that he lived in a cave just north of Whoville. We know we had a dog, the poor, long-suffering Max, who is 
forced to wear a reindeer antler and pull an overloaded sleigh. So we know this guy is a Christmas hater and a dog abuser. No wonder he didn't have any friends. For all we know, he just sat in his cave brooding and pacing and scheming ways to make life miserable, miserable for others. But, but why? How did the Grinch get to be the Grinch? To paraphrase Shakespeare, who is almost as good a writer as Dr. Seuss, some are born Grinchy, some achieve Grinchiness, and some have Grinchiness thrust upon them. Now, so which is it for our character here, the Grinch? Now, I think everyone deserves the benefit of the doubt, so I don't think that he was born a Grinch. And why would anybody strive to become a Grinch? That's no kind of an achievement. So maybe the Grinch became the Grinch because of life's circumstances. Maybe his Grinchiness was thrust upon him. And unfortunately, the Grinch isn't unique in his downward spiral into holiday hatred. That can happen to any of us, can it? Even the most jovial among us can quickly turn green with anger when we are pinballed around in a checkout line full of impatient shoppers or stuck in mall traffic up in Chesapeake when we just needed to go pick up one thing. Think you're incapable of becoming a Grinch? Spend an hour trying to find the burned out bulb in a string of Christmas lights or find out that just about everything you've ordered from Amazon can't be delivered until after Christmas unless you pay a ridiculous shipping fee. You guys know what I mean? If we're being real, if we're being honest, I think that there's a Grinch in each of us. But I wonder if the Grinch's hatred has deeper roots. I wonder if at some point in his life, the Grinch was actually one of the Who's. It makes sense, right? Where else would he have come from? Maybe he started out as Greg Who or Grady Who. He probably participated in the Christmas decorating and the singing and the cooking of the roast beast. Until one year, he just snapped. Maybe it was yet another pair of socks for a present or hearing Christmas music before Thanksgiving. Maybe the memory of a lost loved one became too much for him to bear. Maybe it was the recognition that all the trimmings and trappings and materialism didn't add to Christmas, but instead took away from it. Whatever the reason, the Grinch was either booted and kicked out of Whoville or chose to remove himself from the situation, carting himself and Max up to a cave to escape. Aren't there times during this season that we'd like to escape as well? Escape the credit card bills, escape the contentious family gatherings, escape the memories of the people who are no longer here to share Christmas with us? Sometimes it's easier to be alone rather than suffer through the challenges that come with being in community during this time of year. Let's just lock ourselves in a cave until December 26 when this whole madness is over. But there's a problem with being alone. It gets really lonely. And isolation can do strange things to a who, including how we communicate with others. That's what happens when we isolate ourselves. We start to communicate in ways that don't register with others. 
After spending years and years on his own, the Grinch forgot what Christmas was really about and convinced himself that it was okay to hate Christmas. He came to believe that stopping Christmas by stealing things from the Who's was actually a good plan. Without a community around him to love him, nurture him, hold him accountable, the Grinch lost his anchor. I don't believe that the Grinch was born with a heart that was two sizes too small. I believe without a community around him, his heart shrunk. When that happened, something very, very dangerous occurred. There came into existence in the Grinch's twisted mind that there was an us and a them. The us was really a me, the Grinch, and the them was the who's. And once you start to look at the world in such a black and white or maybe a green and white terms, you can justify all sorts of atrocities, including the stealing of Christmas. Our German brothers and sisters have a great word for this. It's Scheidenfreude, which is defined as a feeling of enjoyment that comes from seeing or hearing about the troubles of other people. The literal translation of that word, Scheidenfreude, is harm joy. There's a lot of Scheidenfreude going on in our world right now as people revel in the failure of others. Is that the kind of joy we should be proclaiming this season? The Grinch believed that misery loves company. So by stealing the Who's Christmas, he was trying to create some company to go along with his misery. If the us can't be happy, then the them shouldn't be happy either. So Christmas became the collateral damage for the Grinch's anger, and he ended up hating Christmas. The question is, are we in danger of the same thing happening to us? But to be honest, there are parts of Christmas that are easy to hate. In some ways, I don't blame the Grinch. One of the things the Grinch hates about Christmas is the noise. He says, for tomorrow he knew all the who girls and boys would wake bright and early. They'd rush for their toys and then, oh, the noise, oh, the noise, 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 noise. That's one thing he hated, the noise, 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 noise. And there's a part of me that thinks that the Grinch is right. Our ears are filled with the cacophony of this season, which seems, seeks to sap the joy right out of us. Everywhere we turn, it's noise, 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 noise. Buy this, do that, go here, wrap this, run this over there, get out of my way, slow poke, noise, 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 noise. But somewhere... Buried beneath the noise is a still, small voice saying, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. Beneath the honking of car horns and the jingle jangle of cash registers, there's an angel choir singing, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace among those whom he favors. Beneath our own grumbling about the co-opting of Christmas by our consumer culture is a voice crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Are we in tune with that message this season?
The best place to hear it is right here in the midst of this community. Oh, certainly you can hear it out there, but out there it sounds more like a battle cry than a proclamation of good news. I think there's some kind of irony in the attempt to reclaim the meaning of this season by asserting that there is a war on Christmas. Friends, there's no war on Christmas. There's only a war if we allow ourselves to be drawn into battle. The Grinch tried to declare war on Christmas, didn't he? But the Who's didn't take the bait, did they? They simply proclaimed the good news. And then the Grinch's heart, well, we'll save that for later. I feel sorry for the Grinch. Maybe his head wasn't screwed on just right. Maybe his shoes were too tight. Or maybe in his desire to achieve shade and fruit, to see those unlike him suffer, he convinced himself that when it comes to Christmas, there are winners and there are losers. Maybe he didn't keep his heart, as our Proverbs reading says, but instead let it be contaminated by the things that detract from the joy of the season. It's easy for us to write him off, to make him the other in our own minds. But remember, there's a Grinch in each of us. Each of us is susceptible to losing our anchor during the season, to getting caught up in the noise, 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 and tuning out the voices of the angels that come to speak good news to us. Yet, friends, there is good news out there. Christmas is coming. Christ will be born again in our hearts and in our world. Hope will spring up anew, joy will be spread around, and love will abound. It would be a terrible, terrible thing if we missed that because we were too busy decorating and buying and wrapping, if we missed it because we were too busy grumbling about this and that and the other, if we missed it because we were just too busy. The Grinch almost missed it, didn't he? We're not there in the story yet, but we can't leave today without a little bit of hope. And friends, there is hope for the Grinch and for us. For all the reasons we may have to hate Christmas or to hate those who don't celebrate Christmas our way, there is hope coming. And when there is hope, even hearts that are depressed and sad and lonely and bitter, even hearts that have shrunk two sizes too small, have reason to believe. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. God bless.